Hanishima, the Voice of Breath podcast with Noam Sendor. Our guest on today's program is Rabbi Dr. Meir Sendor, facilitator for the Tal Orot Jewish Contemplative Society, a society that works towards the refinement of Jewish spiritual and ethical awareness. Rabbi Sendor served as the rabbinic leader of the Young Israel of Sharon for 32 years, until he and his wife Anne moved to Tzfat Israel in the summer of 2016. With rabbinic ordination from Yeshiva University and a doctorate from Harvard University in medieval Jewish history, with a special expertise in the history of Kabbalah and Jewish philosophy, Rabbi Sendor teaches a wide range of subjects, from Kabbalah, philosophy, and Hasidism, to Talmudic and Biblical commentary, halacha, and ethics. He uses his three decades of experience teaching Torah and meditation to implement his teaching of meditation in Israel. Rabbi Sendor is also, of course, my father, and it gives me great pleasure to invite him as our first guest on the Voice of Breath podcast in this wide-ranging interview in which he goes through his own journey to Judaism, to Jewish meditation, we explore the differences between Jewish meditation and other meditative techniques. And we finish off, of, of course, with a powerful Kabbalistic meditation, the vocalization method of Rabbi Avraham Abulafia. I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, it gives me wonderful pleasure, a real honor to to welcome my father, Rav Meir Sendor, to to share a bit about his journey and his experiences with Jewish meditation and spirituality in general. So, Abba, it's really a pleasure, a pleasure to be with you. It's a pleasure for me too. I think even more of a pleasure. <laughs> we're we're you know we're very. Uh, excited about your initiative here, and it's a it's a wonderful idea uh, to uh, to do this this meditation program, particularly in this time. Uh, and we're very proud of you for doing this. So yeah, I'm delighted. Well, you know, it's funny because the the natural place for me to start as we kind of think about charting what Jewish meditation, first off, what it means to me, but also I think you know what it can be in the world right now. The natural place for me to start is is with you. And in the previous episode, I kind of shared how it was just kind of being around even just the word and, and you know, you teaching it and people coming around the house and learning it and being connected to it. That's what kind of opened up my eyes a little bit to it so that when I was in a place and I was ready to to meditate on my own, I I was a you know I had an opening to it if you will and so the natural place for me to start is by talking to you but I guess I was interested in, in wondering what what got you into it uh, into Jewish meditation in general but into meditation specifically yeah uh, it it goes back a bit if you don't mind <laughs> go take it t- take it back to uh, it's like this it, it's when I was 
back in college uh, in the late 60s, you know, a uh, very heady time. Uh, and in college, I was studying uh, psychology and philosophy. And I was taking a philosophy course. And um, I remember it was, this was in the uh, beginning, I guess, of my junior year. I just was perplexed about the whole notion of God. Uh, I, you know, grown up with it. Uh, I was reading, you know, about it in in works of philosophy. But what is God about? Uh, and I, I really, and I, not just the idea, but the what what what's the the experience of God? What's you know who is God? Uh, so I actually I remember at one point I. Um, Basically, it was a, a, a tefillah. I, 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 said, I, I said to God, you know, God, show me what you can show me of yourself. Uh, just show me what a human being can experience of you. Uh, and please do it within six months. <laughs> uh, it's a very strange prayer, but it, I, I, I remember it. And... Um, well, actually, it happened, and uh, it was within about six months, almost, you know, really six months, uh, and I had uh, an extraordinary experience. I was having a series of extraordinary experiences, and I should, like, uh, just make it clear, these were in the 60s, uh, but this was not under the influence of any kind of drug or psychedelic or anything. This was just, just me. Uh, and I was beginning to have certain experiences, um, transcendental experiences, uh, what now we would call arata da'at, you know, enlightenment of mind, or mochin de gadlut in, in uh, Kabbalistic terms, expansive consciousness. Again, this is just on my own. And uh, I had a, an extraordinary experience. I mean, I, it, uh, I don't want to go into the, the details of it, but it was a, a complete awareness in it, you know, in beyond time, in eternity, beyond space. Uh, it was quite extraordinary. Uh, and it was God, you know, showing me what can, what can be known and what can't. Uh, and uh, it, it just, he opened up my consciousness. Uh, it was, that was the real, the real opening and the real beginning. The, from that point, I just, uh, Everything, you know, the, I realized that the, the best religious, the best aspects of our religious traditions and, you know, in, uh, in Jewish terms in, in, in Kabbalah uh, um, really are uh, based on, you know, great consciousnesses, great souls having these experiences uh, and, the, and giving us hints, you know, sharing hints about these experiences. So uh, this set me on this set me on a really a path and a quest and uh, uh, with a lot of I mean it was really passionate I, I was soaking it up everything in terms of uh, of everything that led to further spiritual awareness the um, this is you know, again this is the 60s uh, I was in college a lot of um, teachers of meditation of all kinds would come through uh, you know would attend little uh, these uh, a lot of them from the Asian traditions. And I would, you know, I would listen, I would attend these things, but it wasn't really speaking to me. But um, I realized that I needed 
you know, if I was going to have experiences like the one I had, uh, I needed to be able to stabilize my consciousness and you know, to expand it. Uh, after college, I, um, I, I, I felt I really needed to focus on meditation. It seemed to me the, the way to go to stabilize and expand consciousness. So I went to a, a meditation center. Uh, the treat center was in, um, at Colgate University. I don't even know if it's still there. A lovely place. They had, uh, uh, you, had you got a single room, um, very nicely appointed, very simple. Um, and it was you know, meant to be a meditation and retreat center, but I went there in the summertime, it was after, after college. And there was nobody else there but me and the director of the place. And there was one, one rule in the place, which was uh, shtika, total silence. As long as you're on the grounds of that place, silence. Uh, so, but I was the only one there anyways. There was nobody to talk to, and the director was rarely around. So I spent a month there in total silence. Uh, and at first it was not talking to other people. And then it was quieting my own mind, uh, not with any particular technique. I mean, just, uh, I was on my own, in silence, committed to doing that for a month. Uh, and I went from silence of speech to silence, to quieting of thought. Uh, it was really quite an experience. Uh, and coming out of it, I remember, I, you know, every word that I heard or that I spoke was just like so precious. Uh, but it attuned me to the issue of silence, you know, to the approach of silence. It was, again, my approach wasn't um, technical. It was just learning to quiet my mind. Um, from there, eventually, a thing le le led to thing. And um, eventually, I went, uh, I, I made, uh, I, I went to yeshiva in, in Israel. Uh, it was a, a uh, yeshiva, in, in those days, it was called Hartman's uh, was eventually called, uh, came to be called uh, Yeshiva Tamivtar, uh, Rabbi Bravinder's Yeshiva. Uh, and uh, it was part of Vitri at that time. Uh, and there, I really committed myself to just learning. Uh, uh, I had had a bit of a taste of Kabbalah, a little bit, but I, at this point, I understood that I really had to just, just learn, learn Gemara, you know, learn post-game, that's what I did. Uh, there at the yeshiva, I was introduced to uh, the Sefer Nefesh HaChayim, Rav Chaim uh, which is a magnificent introduction to Kabbalah, a sophisticated introduction. And that gave me a real taste of what was possible in Kabbalah. But then I put that aside too, uh, and just went on to straight learning. I knew I had to, to really, you know, as we say to Mali uh, Kreso, uh, to, to fill my, my, not just my, my stomach, but you know, my whole being with uh, the, the, the bread and the meat of, uh, of Gemara and Gemara learning. Uh, knowing, uh, hoping that I would get back, you know, earn my way back to Kabbalah. Uh, it was really only after um, you know, I got smicha at YU with the Rav Zatzal, uh, and then went on to graduate school uh, with uh, Professor Tversky Zatzal at Harvard uh, and started studying the, the historical background and with my focus on the history of Kabbalah that, that I started getting into Kabbalah. 
Um, a friend of mine, uh, uh, Rabbi Nehemia Poland, uh, had uh, was uh, becoming an expert in the uh, the Torah of the Piazetsna Rebbe, Kalanimus Kamal Shapira Tzal, and he shared with me a uh, a text that was uh, an account of uh, the meditation technique Hashkata. Uh, of the Piazetsna Rebbe that he had received from a student that had received it directly from the Rebbe Rabbein. Uh, this text appears in uh, Derech HaMelech. Uh, uh, Rabbi Poland shared with me the original, you know, handwritten text from Rabbein. Uh, and this connected me back to my experiences of, uh, of shtika, of silence back in that meditation, uh, you know, the, that meditation center. And I started practicing Hashkata and then moved on, you know, as I was uh, learning the historical background of Kabbalah, uh, we, we, I started um, exploring Kabbalistic meditation itself, uh, our long and illustrious tradition of Kabbalistic meditation. So that, that's what got me started. The, the, my ex original experience of shtika, of silence, connecting it with uh, the, the meditation practice of Hashkatav, Piazetsna Rebbe, and then moving on to Kabbalistic practices. So that's a, it's a bit of a long way around, but that's uh, it's a long way around. That's how it happened. So I mean, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the Hashkata practice in the, just the previous episode. I, I shared that practice, which is kind of, I would say, the, the foundational meditative technique that, that kind of has spoken to me. Uh, and as you said, I mean, it's just, it's so, so basic, but so fundamental, but it's also really challenging. And I think, you know, this idea of learning how to quiet the mind is the, the, the most basic skill, if you could call it that, of meditation. Uh, would you say, I mean, would you agree with that? I mean, there are so many techniques out there. There's so many ideas. Uh, would you say that learning how to quiet the mind is the, the fundamental, I know we're not trying to get something out of it. Would you say that that is the fundamental skill that we are looking for? Absolutely so. Yeah, the it is the essential skill. Um, which we really, I mean, the, the whole purpose of meditation, um, you know, in in general, is stabilizing consciousness and expanding consciousness. To do that, you need to learn to quiet the mind. Meaning, when we say quiet the mind. We're, we're talking about quieting from. Uh, that that verbal chatter, that narrative voice that we have—you know, our little the, the voiceover of the movie of your life, in which you're talking to yourself, uh, and, and that chatter that comes up even when you're not directing it—to um, learn to be quiet in that, you know, in in our mind, so that we can expand our consciousness. It's not emptiness. It's actually by quieting the verbal chatter, our mind becomes filled with presence. Uh, now, pure conscious awareness, and that is the fundamental skill. I think all meditation begins with that. All meditation comes back to that, because you know many of the the meditation techniques, which will involve um, uh, people use words like in guided meditation, or, or they use images in visualizations, or, or a combination of them in in various journey meditations. All of that is just um, that's that's filling consciousness with content. But that's just a kind of a practice uh, 
to get us back, you know, and ultimately the, the real awareness is not in, in any of those practices, but in then how that can help attune us to deeper, more expansive levels of pure, quiet consciousness. So yes, I, I think um, all meditation begins with hashkata, all meditation returns to hashkata, and real ha'orat da'at is uh, enlightenment of mind, mochin degatlut is in hashkata. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's a beautiful answer. And I think that that then raises a, a conundrum, which is unavoidable. But the, the challenge is, and this is a, a meditation podcast, and the, the intention is to share it with people to say, hey, let's do this together. But, you know, I haven't been teaching meditation for nearly as long as you have, but I mainly teach it to high school students. And a lot of people, and a lot of, you know, not necessarily high school students, but a lot of people just, they struggle, right? They really struggle to be able to sit, to have that zitzfleisch, as, as they say, and, and to quiet the mind. I mean, it's just, it, it's, it's somewhat ludicrous. Now, we know that it's not. We know that it's possible. And we know that even someone with the monkeyest of monkey minds can get to that place of a quieted mind with hard work but it is hard work. And I'm wondering if you would have any, any suggestions or tips for somebody who does want to start on the, the practice of Hashkata. So again, I shared the technique of, of the Eish Kodesh to the best of my abilities, and I'm sure there are better versions of it out there. But I wonder if you have any, any uh, tips for people who want to start the discipline of meditation, whether it's hashkata or quieting or really anything, but certainly the hashkata, the quieting technique, which is so so fundamental, but yet so challenging at the same time. Yeah, it, it truly is. Uh, and particularly if, if you're on a podcast, which is by definition an audio podcast, uh, um, just to sit in silence is, is a bit of a challenge. Uh, I understand. Uh, though we, we do this in, a, in, in our own, uh, you know, our Talorot uh, program, which we can talk about. But um, yeah, it's a challenge. The, I have to say this. Um, uh, the Piazetsna Rebbe Zetzal uh, gave us this, this precious approach. Um, you know, in, I had spoken once to Rav Tversky Zetzal, Rav Yitzchak Tversky, the, the professor at Harvard, my professor, uh, asking him about meditation in, uh, in, the, in Hasidic groups. And uh, he said every single Hasidic group has its own meditation practice. Uh, it's usually that the Rebbe practices it, maybe with some of the Ramim, some of the higher level uh, Hasidim. Every one of them has a meditation practice. Um, but it's, it was kept sort of esoteric, it still is today. Uh, the Piazzetta Rebbe gave us this, this method, and he was you know, murdered al-Kiddush Hashem, uh, and he didn't get an opportunity to really de develop it and spell it out more clearly and you know, give us more hints. All we have is this, this small text that appears in Derech HaMelech. Um, it's not enough. It's not enough. And I have to say that, though, you, you, you can look in um, many of the, you know, certainly the early Kabbalistic works, but also um, the tour, and then the uh, Shulchan Aruch, the Beit Yosef, the Shulchan Aruch, they mention that you have to quiet your those mind. Are the, those are the great 
uh, halachic, <laughs> halachic commentators, just for those people who don't know who those That's are right. at home. They say that before, exactly, before we uh, engage in tefillah, in prayer, we have to quiet our minds. It's, it comes from the Gemara, you know, in uh, Brachot, the fifth parak, you know, they don't get up to uh, to pray. Covid Rosh, from a, a solemnity of mind, which the Rabbam says in his uh, commentary on the Mishnah, means to uh, quiet all thinking, to, to cease all thinking. He says it straight out. Um, the tour brings this uh, and, and takes it actually to a, a further level. This is the, the great halachic commentator. Um, not only quieting the mind, but something called hitpashtut, which is shifting the mind from awareness of physical sensation to pure consciousness through consciousness of Hashem, of God. Uh, so our tradition is very aware uh, of the, the importance, the, the, the absolute essential necessity of hashkata, of quieting the mind as the beginning for any spiritual enterprise in truth. And yet, I have to admit that our tradition does not give us enough hints and hadrachan and guidance on on how to really attain that. They just assume, so just be quiet already, you know, quiet the mind. Uh, it is a great challenge, I admit it. I'll say this, um, among the methods that we have, uh, and that we have in, in Torah tradition, you know, we have a tradition of meditation goes back more than two millennia, well-documented. Uh, uh, among those traditions, the one that I find the, the most useful for helping people to get started with Ashkata is um, a, a form of meditation that uh, Rav Avram Abulafia brings in his uh, book, Or HaSeichel, um, which is uh, using vocalization to kind of attune and then it quiets the mind. Uh, I actually thought for your podcast to uh, make a recording of it, and actually did make the recording. I'll send it to you so you can share it. Wonderful. And so it, we'll share that at the end of this uh, of this interview. Yeah. We'll also share right. it in a separate link, so if people just want to do it and just click on it, uh, then they have the access to that as well. Great. So I know it's exact. So the the point is that here we're going to be using vocalizations to kind of. Um, attune the mind and stabilize it, and then you stop the vocalizations, and you'll find after this meditation that your mind stays quiet in an effortless way. Uh, it lasts for a while, and then you learn how to cultivate that, but at least it gives you uh, entree into the, the condition of hashkata, of quiet mind. Um, the, so, in other words, to sort of answer your question, it's been a roundabout way to do it, but uh, we can approach quieting the mind with some of the other meditation practices which use vocalization or which can use um, visualizations. Uh, some people, you know, uh, some meditation teachers teach a kind of a guided meditation method, which I'm not a fan of, uh, I have to say, generally speaking, because it's just, you know, so you want to achieve quiet mind and you're just, uh, you know, listening to somebody else's chatter. Uh, to their guided meditation. So you're not really learning the skill, the essential skill of quieting your own consciousness on your own. But in the same way, it, it can help us to calm down a bit. Uh, and at the end of the guided meditation, if the, the teacher leaves some time for 
for real quietness, uh, it's possible to and cultivate a, you know, a, a more quiet mind. It, it gives you a, a, a kind of a, a more gradual approach into quieting, and that can be helpful for a lot of people. But ultimately, uh, it's something you have to wrestle with in the depths of your own consciousness, how to learn to quiet your mind. And, you know, you mentioned that some of the earlier steps in your journey were uh, kind of created or guided by reaching out to God and, and asking for revelation, asking for connection. And I think uh, I certainly did similar things in, in, you know, and continue to do throughout my journey. And I think that maybe this is a, a good time to just tell people, you know, that you can ask God for help and, and guidance and support and strengthening the mind. I mean, if, if a person is committed to a practice that is one of holiness and purity and, and good for you and good for the people around you. So to turn in a genuine way to God and ask for support and for help, uh, I think is a really powerful way of, you know, it's it, you still at the end of the day have to sit down and do it. But we, we were taught this idea, you open it up, you ask, you open things up just like the eye of a needle and God will expand things for you. So I think that that's a a powerful way in as well, plus all those other all those other techniques, which again ultimately need to bring us back to this this simplicity of quieting the mind. And just maybe I want to just touch on briefly because you mentioned all these other techniques, uh, and obviously meditation is a big fad in the world today. I'm wondering how you see Jewish meditation as being different from all of these other types of, I mean, you've touched on it briefly, but there's lots of different techniques out there. What is Jewish meditation doing that is different? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a great point. And it actually ties into what you just said about uh, tefillah and, and, our, and asking Hashem for help in meditation. Uh, and that's, in a certain sense, that's, that's really the point. You said it right, really quite beautifully. You know, that we have in, in we call it Jewish meditation. We have a wide variety of meditation techniques in our tradition. Um, you know, our tradition, uh, you know, goes back recorded to Second Temple period um, in the uh, Yorde Merkava, those who descended to the Merkava, uh, the Ole Hechalot, those who ascended to the, the heavenly palaces. They were um, trying to re-experience what uh, the prophets. Yechezkel and Yeshayahu experienced in their you know, great uh, spiritual revelations. Um, so we have all kinds of techniques, those visualization and journey techniques, and not just visualization, but total experience techniques of the Hechelot and the Merkavah traditions. We have vocalization meditations. We have Tvekut, you know, um, uh, stabilizing the mind and connecting the mind meditations. Uh, we have a, a, whole, a whole range of practices uh, which have some parallels in uh, practices uh, in you know other meditation traditions in the world, uh, some formal parallels. But I think that one of the most essential differences uh, is what you touched on just before is for us, meditation is not just um, to develop human consciousness. Uh, it's to connect us in truth and in reality with Hashem, with God. Uh, and that's an essential difference. I mean, uh, you know, the, you know, there's, you know, one Asian religion in general that's very popular and has a very sophisticated meditation 
tradition, but it's uh, non-theistic entirely. It has no connection to God. Um, uh, others meditation traditions have, you know, uh, notions of connections to certain ideas uh, or forms. Um, in Torah meditation, in Jewish meditation, uh, our ultimate goal in every meditation approach is connecting in truth and reality to God, God's self, actual God, Hashem. Uh, and that's, that's really important to remember. The, you know, when we talk about quieting the mind or expanding consciousness, it's not just for the sake of uh, sort of an exercise of consciousness. It's to open our awareness to really perceive the actual presence of Hashem, called the Shekhinah, the Shekhinah of Mamash, you know, to really receive the presence of Hashem. And that's, that's a major distinction in, uh, in the distinctiveness of Jewish Torah meditation. Another aspect that I find is, is important also is that uh, some meditation practices uh, in, in other traditions um, tend to be very, very rigorous. It's good in a certain way, but they get caught in their rigor and they get caught in the, the formalism. There remains something in, in Jewish meditation that is spontaneous and um, it's we it, it can be very very disciplined and rigorous but we also have a, a uh, an awareness that the meditation itself is really not the goal the meditation is a practice or you know they uh, that of stabilizing consciousness to, to get to a point where we don't have to work at stabilizing or expanding we're there uh, we are we we it's really we're in our actual full normal consciousness and it is totally open and yet fully and effortlessly expanded fully and effortlessly you know, in connection with hashem with god uh, and that's another aspect i think uh, that's important in in jewish meditation there's, a, there's an understanding that uh to be you know not to be tracked in your meditation but to be ready for a connection with god at every moment uh and so there's a um there's a lightness, there's a spontaneity that remains. Uh, there's a very living, vital character to it uh, that, that doesn't get overly tracked in practice. Uh, I think that's important. So those, those would be two major areas. The connection that is about connecting with Hashem in truth and reality, uh, and to do it in a living, human, spontaneous way. Because uh, ultimately, meditation is not the goal. Arata da'at is the goal. Uh, expansive consciousness, you know, connection with with connection with God. That's the goal, if there's a goal. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you've been teaching. It's a beautiful, powerful answer. A lot to <laughs> a lot to aspire to there. You've been teaching meditation for I don't know over 30, 30 something years. I would imagine uh, more than that. Uh, yeah. And you and Anima uh, have moved to to Tzfat, to uh, to the land of Israel. Tzfat, which is the the great Kabbalistic city in the north of Israel, mystical, wild, wild place. And since moving to Israel, you have been creating, you've developed an organization called Tal Orot, which looks to, well, maybe you tell us a little bit about what you, you want to accomplish with Tal Orot. And as a follow-up, how do you see Jewish meditation play a role in 
let's let's aim big, right? In the redemption of the Jewish people, right? What role do you think, or, or maybe just the next step and the ne next stage in the evolution and the moving forward of the Jewish people? So what what's you know what's the vision of Talarot, and, and how does that play? Has Jewish meditation in general play in the next step in in peoplehood? Yeah, beautiful question. You know, um, before we made Aliyah, um, so I was the, the rabbi of the young Israel of Sharon for over 30 years. Uh, we had, uh, I, I taught the, the normal things that, uh, you know, an Orthodox rabbi teaches in a, you know, in a shul. Uh, but we had a special group that gathered of um, really extraordinary people who were interested in Jewish meditation. Uh, very, uh, people with great, great spiritual awareness great meditation skills and spiritual skills, quite extraordinary actually. Uh, and for I think about, it was about 25 years or so, uh, we had this group that met usually almost every week. And we took on the traditional practices. We went through um, these meditation practices. I would research them uh, and then the group would practice them. We'd take a meditation and do it for two years, once a week every week for two years straight and then go to the next and the next. And this was for us a great laboratory uh, for developing our meditation skills and for reviving uh, the tradition of, you know, of Jewish meditation, the traditions of Jewish meditation. The, uh, these meditations have continued uh, in, in quiet ways and they're still practiced, some of them, in the, uh, the Kabbalistic yeshivot here in Israel. But um, certainly not widely known and I felt it was my you know we, we needed to really work on uh, reviving and, and reacquainting ourselves with these meditation practices from their sources you know doing them authentically so we had this this great laboratory to work on these uh, these techniques for you know, 25 years so then when uh, Ima and I made Aliyah uh, the thought was to really put this into practice and we um, uh, we put together a, a society for contemplative Judaism, that's what Tal Orot is, uh, and it's a, you know, it's a meditation society and in contemplative as well. We we uh, approach tefillah, uh, prayer, in a contemplative way also. In the midst of a series on that right now, uh, so the we thought that what we could contribute here in Eretz Yisrael, uh, and and in Sfat, which is very as you as you indicate, is a, a great place for this is to have a dedicated society uh, for cultivation of Jewish meditation and contemplative practices. And uh, before, before the pandemic, uh, we had um, you know, uh, groups here in Tzfat and in other cities in Israel, in uh, Paris Chana, in, in uh, Zichon Yaakov, in Yerushalayim, in, in Efrat. Um, during the pandemic, we've shifted uh, to online teaching uh, but the goal here is to call it a society uh, in the sense that we've, you know, we've, we've gathered and continue to gather truly extraordinary people. Uh, people um, some people are beginners, some people are very uh, advanced, uh, and we all share together our experiences, and the, the, the sharing part of it is very important. Uh, we, so we meditate together. Uh, I you know, present certain texts that uh, either indicate uh, introduce the meditation or give some depth to these the various meditations, practice the meditation, and then, and then we discuss the, uh, 
the experiences. And it's, uh, it's been a very exciting journey. It's a very exciting journey together. So this is something that uh, I have to say that it, uh, Baruch Hashem, it's a, it's a kind of a, a life's dream uh, to be able to have a society like this and to develop it. Um, and, you know, it's, this is our little contribution to, uh, to the spiritual development of Am Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael. Uh, where will this go for Am Yisrael in general in terms of um, towards, towards the Gulab is a very interesting question. I, I, I do think, you know, it's, we, we have such a rich tradition in so many ways, but it's also important to, um, to really cultivate experience of you know of Hashem to the extent that a human being can experience uh, the, to experience divine reality to extent that human beings can experience it uh, to experience what the the Gedolim of Torah are really talking about uh, the entire Kabbalistic tradition I mean the the great Mekubalim uh, the the core of what they were doing was their experience and their connection with Hashem uh, they used various, you know, practices and methods and um, uh, forms of tefillah and avodah towards this, but it's, you know, they give us a, a spiritual map of this. And this is what, you know, this expanding of our consciousness, this deepening of our awareness, this deepening of our real connection with Hashem in reality, in truth. Uh, this, I, I have to think, will help us towards a real geula. Um, we have a, a tradition that's very rich in words and ideas and concepts. That's important. But um, we also have to keep developing the experiential dimension of our tradition, which is there. It's there from Har Sinai itself, which was, you know, in which the, the all of Am Yisrael had a direct experience of divine reality. Uh, and throughout our Kabbalistic and, you know, and Hasidic traditions, that's really what the, 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 the heart of these traditions are about. And insofar as we can help towards this with meditation practice, um, I, I think it, it is helpful for the spiritual development of Am Yisrael to stabilize consciousness, to quiet so that we can expand our consciousness, to develop greater sensitivity to the presence of Hashem in every possible way uh, in our lives, to realize that, you know, how through and through we are held by Hashem at every moment, and we are not doing the holding. Okay. What I say it is, you know, we, are, we find ourselves here a gift to ourselves, okay, and we haven't done it, and we're not doing it. Um, you know, uh, all we do really, the only effort we're putting in here is we breathe, we eat, we watch where we walk, and we can be in this, this gift that we have being held here for a lifetime. Uh, of course, we make it more complicated than that, but that's the essence of it. What's happening here is remarkable, it is amazing, and it's effortless. And the more that we realize that, how Hashem is working through us through and through and through, I think this something about this awareness helps helps bring us to the gaula. I think it does. So that's my my vision of that. That's a, that's a 
Yeah, beautiful vision and in a powerful way, I think in many ways to kick off in a sense, this, this project uh, that, you know, this is a really appropriate way to kick off the project. That's what we're trying to do here uh, in a sense and, and empower people in their own connection to all the things that you spoke about. And, uh, and I thank you. I mean, this is a good way to kind of wrap, wrap our conversation up because we also have a meditation ahead of us <laughs> as well yeah. for those, those people listening at home. Uh, but I thank you for, for helping me kick this off. And, and where can people find you? Uh, the website is talorot.org. There's a blog. There's meditations there. Is, there yeah, is that the best way to figure out what Talorot is up to? Yes, that's it. T-A-L-O-R-O-T, one word, dot org. Um, you, can, uh, you can join as a member. It, that's, membership is free. Uh, and, we, you know, it's, it's a good way to, to get started and to get connected. Uh, and, yeah, everyone's invited. Beautiful. So I'll put the, I'll put the website in the liner notes. And, right. and, I, and I thank you for, for joining me. I mean, we can go on and talk forever, and I'm sure we'll yeah. <laughs> continue this conversation. <laughs> and not only that. I'll get you back here again very, very soon as we can kind of deepen this. But I, I thank you very much for for taking the time out to to really guide us and and illuminate our minds as to what Jewish meditation is all about and what is possible. And and it's a challenging thing, but it's it's you know it's life's work. It's really what it's all about. And so I bless you. I'll, I'll finish off on a, on a tefillah with a blessing that you continue to do this avodat kodesh and find the hearts that you know that require this and also that are capable of reaching uh, other people and and expanding out and may you just be matzliach be successful in everything that you're doing there and and please god we should also be able to all come join you in eretz israel in the land of israel very soon uh, where we have with open minds and open hearts and and a deeper connection to hashem through our own meditative practice so continued success I also, I love you. That's the, uh, we got to end on that. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's so proud of you also, Rav Noam. And we wish you bracha, v'hatzlacha, great, great success in this wonderful initiative and in every, everything that you're doing. Really oh, man, oh, man. As if I, yeah, I don't know why I took on this podcast, as if I don't have enough stuff on. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, but it's, it, a it's a good, it's a good yeah. lockdown project. And I thank you yeah. for helping me kick it off. So we will be in yeah, touch very true. soon. And thank you all for listening. You can wait just a few more moments and then the meditation that my father will guide, that Balafian vocal meditation will begin. We'll also put a link to that separately if you ever want to access it on its own. Thank you so much, and we'll see you very soon. Okay. The following is a brief guide to the basic vocalization meditation of Rabbi Avram Abulafia, written by Rabbi Dr. Meir Sendor. The meditation itself follows this description and takes up the final 10 minutes of this podcast. The most basic essential skills in meditation practice are learning to quiet the mind, stabilize attention, and expand awareness. Some people find direct methods for quieting the flow of verbal mental chatter to be difficult at first. In some cases, an indirect approach can be helpful such as the following basic vocalization method of the 13th century Kabbalist, Rabbi Avram Abulafia. On the whole, Rabbi Abulafia's meditation techniques are highly rigorous and complex. His advanced techniques involve meditations on the divine names, requiring great purity and sanctity of mind and body. 
But the basic method that he describes in his manual Or HaSechel is accessible for everyone. As he states it, when your mind comes to adhere to his mind that grants you mind, your mind needs to remove from itself the yoke of all alien thoughts, except for his mind that is shared between you and him by virtue of his glorious and awesome name. To attain this stable awareness, the following meditation can be helpful. This is a summary of his instructions. As general preparation, sit in a quiet and comfortable location, with your back straight, feet on the floor, hands resting on your legs. If you're sitting on the floor, let it be in a way that your back is nice and straight. Sit quietly with your eyes closed for a few minutes, clearing your mind as well as you can. This is a vocalization meditation in which we'll be expressing the five essential vowels of Hebrew in connection with the letter Aleph, which has no sound itself. Hebrew has nine vowels, but Rabbi Abulafia notes and linguists agree that there are five essential vowels. We will express them in the following order. Cholam, O, Kamatz, A, Tserei, A, Chirik, E, Shuruk, U. We take a natural, deep breath, our head in normal position facing straight ahead. Beginning with the Cholam, we express the vowel on the exhale, letting the sound ride on our breath at a comfortable volume, out to the very end of the breath. While expressing the Cholam, we raise our head slowly and gently upwards. The Cholam vowel is written above the letter. Then we inhale once through the nose to avoid hyperventilation, as our head slowly returns to normal position. Then we express the cholam again on the exhale, out to the end of breath, lifting our head gently upwards. Inhale again through the nose as the head returns to normal position. We repeat the cholam five times total, inhaling through the nose after each exhale. Next, we express the kamats in the same way, ah, five times out to the end of the breath, this time slowly and gently moving the head horizontally from right to left over the course of the exhale. This vowel is written horizontally. Then we go back to the right on the inhale. Next, we express the tsere in the same way, five times out to the end of the breath, this time moving the head from left to right on the exhale. This vowel is also written horizontally. Then back to the left on the inhale. Next, we express the chirik the same way, five times out to the end of the breath, this time moving the head from normal position down towards the chest on the exhale. This vowel, the chirik, is written as a dot under the letter. Then back up to the normal position on the inhale. Finally, we express the shuruk on the exhale, five times out to the end of the breath, this time moving the head from normal position very slightly forward on the, in, on the exhale. This vowel is written in the middle of the letter and returning to normal position on the inhale. After the less, last expression of shuruk, we sit quietly for several minutes. Following this, is a recording of this meditation, which you can use to follow along for the first few times, to get a feel for the sound and the pacing. 
A chime sounds at the beginning to introduce some minutes of silence before the vocalization, vocalization series. And a chime sounds at the end, after a few minutes of silence. Throughout the meditation, you can be aware of the vibrations that each vocalization stimulates. After the vocalizations, you might find that it is relatively easy to maintain a quiet, open, attentive, and stable awareness. Rabbi Abulafia goes on to expand this meditation to include letters and vowels of the divine name, but that's for advanced meditators in a high state of purity. Even this basic form of the meditation, however, can be helpful towards connecting our mind with Hashem, who grants us mind with Hashem's help.
Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
Whole world's gone dark, let's all give up I'm not strong enough To light up this darkness Thank you for listening to the Voice of Breath podcast with Noam Sendor. The theme music is the song Breathe by Fetter Hendel. And remember, don't forget to breathe. It's lost its feet, calls for strength and guidance. And I say, I say to you, don't forget to breathe. And I say,